0: If you like to gamble, I tell you, I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello, and welcome to the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me as lead singer with UK thrash band Acid Rain, or via my 10 years old this year podcast. Talking Bollocks. You will see my name is highlighted in the description of this podcast. That's because it's a link. Click that and it will take you to hundreds of interviews that I've done over the years. But here I am your guide through the world of all things Motorhead. I am the curator of this virtual museum that we have built over the last three years, packed full of memories, of stories, all about Motorhead. We are all about keeping the legacy alive and you guys listening are all about helping me with that as well it's wonderful that we've got a community out there of people who love the motorcast who tell people about the motorcast who share the motorcast and if you're one of them thank you very much and if this is your first time thank you very much you're welcome it's lovely to have you here but as always Let's keep growing that community and how you do that is sharing the podcast with as many people as you can. And also subscribing. If you haven't already subscribed, wherever you're listening and whatever you're listening on, there will be a way of subscribing. It'll be a bell, a button, a something. Click it and once you've done that, you will get an episode of the Motorcast every time it's released and you will get a notification to tell you. So... What a simple thing you can do to help this podcast grow. That's enough of the housekeeping out the way. Let's move on to the interview. Very recently, I had a chat with Rob Fletcher, and you are about to hear all about his story. This is Rob and I having a chat not very long ago. Uh, well, hello, Rob. Welcome to the motorcast.
1: Uh Nice to be here, Howard. Uh, glad to be uh Asked. Thank you.
0: My absolute pleasure. So, you know what's coming? How did Motorhead first enter your life?
1: Ah, good question. Hands up. Back in the day, I was always a massive Quo fan, and uh, to some degree, will always be so. But uh, uh, I never paid too much attention to Hawkwind, uh, apart from obviously, you know, the great track Silver Machine and the, uh, let's sure I say, artistic talents of here, So uh, I only started picking up on the name, Motorhead, when it started cropping up in what I used to buy was the uh, Music Weekly Sounds in about 76, uh, when obviously Lemmy had left Torkwind and was starting out forming his new band and what really triggered me with no real great interest in all things like say Hawkwind related was in Sounds magazine um, they ran an ad for I think it was a three or four panel sequence that said see this man in action and I don't know if you can recall it but it was just an, an advert for some motorhead gigs or some you know for the first single and I just went I just took one look at it and thought well that kind of looks like the band for me and I always liked the name Uh, and that's really what twigged my interest to find out more and keep an eye out for the release of what was the single motorhead and and when I uh, picked that up on release, uh, I kind of patted myself half on the back and said, "You were right. <laughs> this is the band for you."
0: Now, that is that's that is just typical motorhead, isn't it? It's like, right, I like the look of that band. Oh, they t- it turns out they sound exactly how they look. That was nice and simple. I'm in.
1: Well, for for a well, let's just say for a, a youth that was brought on watching war films and westerns along with a couple of other things, the sight of Lemmy dressed up as like some marauding pirate come uh, cowboy come outlaw with a bullet belt and, you know, long hair, rock and roll. It, it just went, it just made sense to me. And I was always, like I said, taken by the name Mosad. It was, you know, cool and it had got a bit of presence and let's just say danger, not that I knew then what it meant and like I said the pieces just were there and the music just followed and it just all just made perfect sense to me.
0: Yeah Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned something there and it's never occurred to me before but when I started getting into metal all of uh, my sister's friends who were a bit older than me. They were all into metal, and I was getting into metal. And it it became apparent to me that fairly early on that one of the one of the things I would need would be, a, as well as a leather jacket, would be a bullet belt. Um, yeah. Do you do you think that do you think that came from Motorhead?
1: Well, it's it's been cited, and I think if you if you trolled back through the rock history books, I'm sure some other bands kind of use such things but to be honest with you it just fitted Lemmy in my view and he knew how to wear it because that was a big part of what was his deal then and, and you know remained with him for many years but when you go back into the late 70s and 80s I mean you you got to put it down to uh, to him the rock fans started wearing bullet belts. It, it was as simple as that. Nobody else kind of coloured them, or and certainly with the the way the uh, you know the rock and metal fans took to Motred, As soon as you you put on a, ma- a bullet belt, everybody knew that you must like Motred otherwise. You wouldn't have gone with it,
0: yeah. And also, you know, I'm I'm of the vintage where I'm getting into Metallica as well, and Metallica are wearing you know bullet belts on their um, you know in their early picks and on the on the early albums because they're huge Motorhead fans as well, you know. So well, I, ma-
1: massively so. I mean, as we've all come to appreciate, you know, their story with all things Motorhead, from you know Lars's interest in new wave of British heavy metal. That he took over to the states and introduced to um, you know uh, the rest of the band in due course, and then as such a fitting tribute that I always felt anyway that obviously after Lemmy had died, Hatfield uh, took to wearing a Motörhead shirt for all the rest of that year. Uh, I can't think of a, a more fitting tribute to what Motörhead meant to metallica. Uh, and especially, um, obviously, to what came to be to Hatfield.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and well, Lemmy meant so much to him that Lemmy was the only person in the world that ever got away with uh, calling him Jim as opposed to James.
1: Yeah, very true. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't um,
1: think we'll get a chance to uh, to test that theory, but uh, that that sounds like Lem, all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, let's let's sort of, you know, that's your introduction to motorhead now yeah. you ended up clearly becoming a big fan and uh, and getting involved um, on the outskirts of the band how did that all come about
1: well like you said i i was a, a big fan and uh, and what happened was that uh, I, uh, my career has always been in graphic design and illustration and uh, uh obviously with my keen interest in rock music i was fortunate to work in that field uh when i started out for real in the um, mid 80s so really what triggered it and it, it was nothing more than this is that after you know the success of the the original three amigos kind of faltered uh, around Eddie leaving in 82 and then picked up slightly in, in 83 with uh, the uh, bringing in of uh, Brian Robson Robertson um, and then it kind of hit the, uh, the buffers in 84 but when they re- returned with the release of No Remorse the four tracks the new tracks on there you know really were a big thumbs up and what kind of uh, followed that, Howard, was that I was so taken by the new four tracks. But the one that stuck out to me was Locomotive, uh, which is still a massive favourite of mine. And it just kind of crossed my mind that if, uh, if like, they could motorise a Heinkel 111 for Bomber then the idea took shape in my mind that well they could do something with a train <laughs> so i started scribbling some ideas together and, and knocked up four or five roughs and decided to think it was worth submitting to the uh, the management company uh down on great western road Graybrey, i believe they were called
0: and when you say um, um, so, knocking up some roughs, just to you know, just to clarify for listeners, because obviously this is you know yeah. some time ago, you, you're talking sort of sketches. Would they have been pencil sketches, coloured?
1: Well, they, they everything starts off you know in pencil form, and then you ink in. And as I recall, they were basically just black and white with some grey tones, uh, just to give some depth. Because obviously, uh, it was a long shot, but I felt strongly enough about the new material that it kind of galvanized me to um give it a go and uh, and that's what I did and uh, put them through in the post and sent them down and kind of kept my fingers crossed
0: and um that must have been that must have been a long wait so what what if anything came back
1: well basically i i gave them a while because obviously um it, uh, I realised that possibly they were they were busy with the uh, you know bringing the new band into action. So I, I gave them a while, and uh, you know I'm talking you know like a month or so, and then I decided one uh, tea time to pick up the phone and and ring the office. And uh, so if memory serves me correctly, what happened was I. Uh, I called one tea time at the end of the week and uh, a very nice lady answered the phone and I just explained what I'd uh, submitted to them and she said, well, funnily enough, I'm just in the process of writing you a letter.
0: Oh, perfect timing.
1: And I went, oh, right. And she said, yes. And then she just said, just one moment, please, and cover the phone. And I, you know, I was just thinking, well, I wonder what's going to happen next here. And then she put me on to um, Doug Smith, the manager, and uh, he took the call and he just said, the first line is said, "Who do you know from the band?" Then,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> to which I was quite uh, taken a bit aback, and I said, well, actually, nobody. And, and he just said, so how come you've got the new album cover? And I said, well, you know, you what do you mean here? And he just said, uh, well, one of your designs is what is going to be the next Motad album cover, so how did you kind of figure all this out?
0: That's insane. Uh, That's absolutely yeah, insane. Yeah.
1: So he he went on to explain that the idea they, that they were running with... Uh, was obviously the train idea, and uh, and so obviously I was slightly disappointed that somebody had beaten me to it. But as I've always uh, held true to, you know, if I could think of it, then I'm sure somebody else in better position could have thought of that too. But I think as as the history of the album has come to light it was provisionally going to be called Riding with the Driver. Yeah. And one of the great tracks on it. So that kind of made sense because, you know, from a from their point of view and the and as a fans, where would be we all like to be? We'd like to be where the action is, up front, riding with the driver at the front of the Motorhead train. Yeah. So obviously that idea was how they were running with it. And then they uh, uh, reached out to uh, Mr. Joe Patang now to work his magic. And lo and behold, it came out up with a stunning design, you know, that we all love to this day. Uh, and that was what I. I appreciate now was the original plan what I've never quite figured or twigged uh, through magazine articles and whatever is whose bright idea it was to change from a perfectly good uh, uh, album title like Riding with the Driver with the subsequent artwork to then rename it Orgasmatron <laughs>
0: <laughs> because
1: right. obviously, "Orgasmatron" has nothing to do with the album design.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and I... and so I appreciate that because of the standout quality of the "Orgasmatron" track and its curious name. Then it would like make people wonder what was going on, you know, with the meaning of it but obviously it doesn't correlate with the the album design, whereas riding with the driver certainly did. Um, so maybe somebody out there in uh, you know in the motorcast world can uh, stick the hands up for whose idea it was that renamed it to Orgasmatron.
0: Uh, so, are you are you gently hinting at the fact that maybe maybe your your artwork could have could have changed the direction, maybe?
1: I wouldn't say so, because as I've said, uh, working in design fields, I know just how much gets kicked around when people right. chip in ideas. Yeah, but you see, uh, I mean, at the time, you know, this is back what eighty five into six. Uh, um, from all the history books to do with the band and Lemmy, obviously Lemmy was always keen on trains and you know uh, uh, airfix model kits and uh, World War Two planes and and the such. So you could see how he kind of went train. Yeah. And anybody in the office or around the band would go, whoa, dum dee dum dum. And Joe Patagno is, you know, is excellent at realising these motorhead uh, themes and bringing them to life. And as I've often said, but I do remember at the time, a few of my mates thought differently. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If I could think of it, then I'm sure somebody else could think of it, but... That's how it played out, Howard. Yeah. And uh, um, I do remember the, the phone conversation, although it was brief, with Doug Smith. And so I just finished up with when he had explained that uh, that's what they were going with. And it was the it was the concept for the new album. Uh, I just basically said, oh well, but uh, I explained what I was about and said, you know, if there was any opportunity to work with the band in the future, whether or not it was merchandise or anything else, you know, if they'd keep me on file, and he obviously politely said they would, but uh, um, it never quite ran that way, um, and and that really was how it played, until I realised, when the album turned up in the shops, uh, you know, that uh, Joe Patagno, who had done a, an absolutely excellent portrayal of, you know, what I'd dreamed up as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So that was that. That was as close as you, as as you got to the band. That was your kind of your your, your brush with the band directly. But um, you um, you you still kind of you were still kind of involved on the periphery, weren't you?
1: Yes, uh, because you know. I think all creatives, whether it's you know musicians or uh, you know anybody to do with visuals, there were always a great band that you could kind of get your imagination going around with. Well, I worked within you know merchandise for rock uh, bands uh, for years, so I was well aware of what it took to try and kind of get a break into different bands and if you didn't get a direct or slightly indirect route in then it was always difficult. It doesn't mean it's impossible, but you have to be good enough and lucky enough to just get be in the right place at the right time to get some, you know, further involvement. And over the years I always and and always Will be a Maltred fan, so it wasn't a case of not <clears throat> thinking if you got something worth it to submit it. But to be perfectly honest with you, you got the impression that because of the uh, integral role of Patagno, that it wasn't really going to happen because everything they needed, he was very ably doing himself, so it made sense. Yeah. Because he never really let them down all the way through, you know, while he was involved with them.
0: So, so where did you find? You know, I mean, you know, I'm presuming you, you you kept on drawing, you kept on being inspired, um, yeah. and and where did you find a home for all of that stuff?
1: Well, I had, like I said at the beginning of, of our conversation, I had the dream break because I did exactly the same with with my uh, prime band which was status quo so um, I did exactly the same routine uh, to get into the uh, illustration blog and uh, but I was very fortunate I knew how much I was when they um, picked up on us something that I sent through the post and and uh, They were the ones who gave me my start uh, into what became, you know, my career as an illustrator and designer.
0: That's amazing. Uh, So that 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 literally got you, you know, got you into the business.
1: Yes, because you know, it wasn't that I was looking for that specific area. I was just trying to find work. But I used to submit as you did back in the eighties. You, you could only submit through the post and hope that somebody gave it to look-see. And uh, at the time uh, I'd, you know, been given some insights into what I needed to do to make the best of what, I, you know, I was trying to get sorted. And, uh, um, and I think it was 82, three, I got uh, sent back from one of my uh, missions into London to try and get some work and told that I needed to uh, rejig and come up with some new samples and as I scratched my head to come up with some decent ideas for any kind of topic. Uh, The girlfriend at the time, uh, I came on this idea of um, of a kind of a caricature of Quo, where Rossi was Called stranded like spread legged, and because I was such a close fan, I just thought it was a bit too close because, you know, bit just being like a fan. But she said, uh, "No, I think it's a good enough idea to run with," uh, and so I uh, I drew it up and and completed it, and uh, again she may have been right because I sent it down. To quarry management, and sure enough, they did phone back, and, and that was where my story really started in earnest.
0: Oh, that's brilliant, mate! That's brilliant,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I always thought it was, <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm sure you did, yeah. Um, it so, made my day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you, um, I, I, I think you did you have some sort of um uh, well not run-ins that's the wrong phrase but um, uh, did you get to to work with the motorhead bangers at all
1: yes so as we as I've touched on I mean I, I never kind of lost fact being such a, a a big motorhead fan that anything they did say you could always like well I could use that as an idea and I certainly have took a lot of what they're about into some of my design work but really uh the thing that i did uh which i give great credit to was uh, was i was a motorhead banger so any ideas that i kind of thought were still worthy i used to reach out to alan burridge
0: all right yeah uh
1: the motorhead bangers fan club
0: yeah and
1: uh, uh and he, how can know what was the... It must have been about 2010 and I got some what I thought were T-shirt ideas from outside and then they were, um, I think there was an inquiry in one of the fanzines and he just said, anybody got any ideas? So I sent them, him them down and, you know, he thought they were good enough Uh, and so he uh, rang me up and we had a good chat and he uh, said well I'm going to put them over to his colleague Mick Stevenson uh, who was in charge of the t-shirt side of things and uh, what happened was uh, I think the fans and uh, Mick and Ellen chose the one they preferred and then they ran with which was a, a single finger digit design with the tagline uh defiant to the last. Hang underneath. on,
0: hang on. I've got I've gotta stop you there. Single finger digit design. I mean that is yeah. that's prop that's proper designer speak.
1: Right, well you know how <laughs> Lemmy used to give everybody the the finger.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So uh it is designer speak. So yes.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I love uh, that single finger digit design. Yeah. yeah so, Lemmy you uh, the finger. So that's
1: it. Uh, And it was, uh, you know, it was the finger design with the, you know, with with the rings, motorhead rings on on the knuckles. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but curiously, they they got somebody else to draw it.
0: (laughs) Dude, that that shirt, that shirt is iconic. There is going to be people listening to, and there's an overused word, but, but it is. There's people going to be listening to it going, I know that shirt. I know that image. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Well, I, I was. I was a bit when I read in in what was a follow-on fanzine that uh, they printed that design. Uh, I was I was slightly taken aback because I thought, well, they didn't ask me to finish it off. <laughs>
0: and and you saw that somebody else had finished it off.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's just how it plays. I mean. They're, uh, you just have to say, well, you know, that was down to you. But uh, I was a bit surprised that they didn't say, well, if you come up with the the design, will why didn't they say we've chosen this one? Can you do it for us for for real? Would well, they obviously not to. But the nice thing was is that they uh, they took the, one of the some of the shirts to Maltred and uh, and showed it Lemmy and Lemmy just said you know what a great shirt he said why didn't we think of it brilliant <laughs> so it, it, it was like well there you go I mean after all these years uh, something that I had come up with did actually uh, get as close as as close could be and it went on if I'm not mistaken to be one of their best sellers for the fan club so uh, you know I wasn't far off wasn't
0: far off that you've, but you've you've got a place in you've got a place in Motorhead history in the Motorhead legacy. That's you know that's that's why you're here. So well,
1: uh, I can certainly live with that.
0: Thank you, Howard. No, not at all. I think that's um because we've had a few people on who've like you know designed posters or designed shirts or, or or ended up doing album covers even, um and and people who've ended up getting you know really in with the band whereas your story is is a little more on the periphery but it's by by no means any less important because i didn't realize that um i i didn't realize that that was the shirt i knew a little bit about your story that's hence you're on here but i didn't realize yeah. that 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 shirt's yours and that is that's quite the legacy mate
1: well thank you i mean you know i think we've we've all got a story i expect but um with no trend, Mines mine is, is most definitely nearly, but not quite. <laughs> I had the good fortune of, um, of meeting Lemmy and the band probably about half a dozen times as a fan. And uh, I do recall uh, handing Lemmy some uh, design ideas, which he appreciated, but uh, I think he was caught up with other things at the time. Uh, and I uh, I'm just trying to think I did a Motörhead poster for Metal Hammer back in the uh, late 80s I think 86, seven time uh, of the four of them uh, that got printed in the uh, UK edition of the magazine and uh, and then finally and I give great credit to Alan Burridge uh about because uh, he was such a, a nice bloke and as we all came to appreciate massively supportive of all things that uh, Motored stood for um, and especially you know with the Motored fans as well that um, I think I reached out to him in a, again in 2010 and 11 when I um, I came up with a, a well I expect it was a storyboard sequence It came from an idea for the band and uh, once again I uh, sent them a couple of us down and and he he was really taken with it and I just said well if you are you know is there anything you could think you could do with it and he just said well leave it with me and he actually put it through the system over to uh, the management with uh, Mr Todd Singerman and it actually got through the front door with uh, with Todd and uh, there was a couple of emails exchanged and then he put uh, me in touch with what is, I believe, their uh, creative uh, director, Stefan Kraatsy, who's based over in LA, I believe.
0: Yes, and Um, and first ever interview on the motorcast.
1: There you go, and uh, he came back, and he was quite uh, interested in what I'd come up with. Uh, But sadly, again, uh, that's never kind of got uh, got any legs, and uh, and so that kind of uh, was left where it lay. Uh, But uh, I always felt that... As yet unrealised uh, idea, uh, you know, is still is still in my files uh, somewhere. So, uh, so yes, Alan Burridge was a great uh, supporter in what I tried to do as well. So, uh, you know, uh, a duff of the cap his way as well.
0: I've I've heard nothing but good things about Alan, and um, um, I'm. Uh... If you can if there's any chance that you can dig through your files and find um and find that uh you know that storyboard that would be amazing oh no i, I certainly can do that howard oh that'd be that'd be brilliant if you could because um i'm sure everybody listening would you know w- would love to see the pics and i'm sure you know all these years later you can get them out funnily enough you know through social channels with this podcast and everyone's going to get to uh, get to see it
1: oh you know it's certainly on the to-do list
0: <laughs> well don't hang around because we want to get this oh, out no, as soon I'm, as possible
1: i'm running out of time as well but uh, now i mean it, it was all for real and uh, but Brilliant. i do appreciate you know from the band's point of view and i think we all can tell with the latter albums of uh, of motorhead the the creative process uh, certainly over to the round Lamy and Stefan and, uh, and they came up with some great stuff and there was a format they always kind of adhered to with with Lem's personal scribblings and then a treatment process that was at the front cover and and it, it served them well but uh, as I said uh, uh, up until about 2010 11. Uh, you know, I gave it to the, to the swing uh, to, And knocked on that door
0: Well, and that's that's exactly how things work You know, what you don't ask for You don't get And um, I know, you Absolutely. know you've, you, And you've mentioned a couple of times about luck But, you know, you, you make your own luck um, I mean, I think, you know People refer to being in the right place at the right time But, you know It might be the tenth time you've been in that place Before it's the right time yeah. yeah
1: I agree with you but like I say you d- you do realise just what a pivotal and influential band Motred were and so in their world you know there's an awful lot of creative people who are involved and you know and to give them the due uh, you know they do a great uh, service to all the bands stood for that we as fans always appreciated even to get, like I said, half a chance to knock on the door, you know, was a bit of something. But uh, I certainly, uh, from my position, uh, always thought it was worthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, so, do you uh, do you ever draw Motorhead these days? You know, is, oh, are, yeah. do you still get inspired?
1: Oh, all the time. I mean, you know, they're in my DNA <laughs> Yeah
0: There's a lot of people nodding at this point
1: Yeah, no, I mean, they are and they always will be uh, my, I'm sure my, uh, my blood runs uh, black and blue The you know, the black and moatred and the blue of the crow uh, uh, <laughs> and there's a, there's a mix of all of that somewhere, so God knows what that will come up with uh, but no it's you know, it, uh, you know I'm just uh, a part of the rest of us. Just very glad they were part of our
0: lives. Yeah, yeah, that's very true, mate. That's very true. Well, look, I I really appreciate you taking the time to um, to fill us in on uh, on that and your experience of kind of working with Motorhead and kind of not, but kind of. It's uh, nearly
1: but not quite. Hey, look, but you, not you, quite. look,
0: your t shirt met the band, okay? Yeah, <laughs> and you, your t shirt worked for the band, so I think that you know that does count.
1: Oh, no, it, without a doubt. And uh, uh like you said, uh, as a fan, as we all are, you, we all did our bit, whether it was front of the stage at the gigs or back at the backstage door trying to get autographs afterwards uh, uh, and uh, I always uh, recall one moment uh, if I may uh, I remember queuing up for, to get my jacket autographed and one went I remember you <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> and I went well that's I can live with that one as well and uh, um, and I know it was very good like that uh, yeah. because he did always appreciate the fans. But as I said, uh, from one living legend to a living legend, that's them. Uh, it did mean a lot.
0: Yeah, I bet it did, mate. I bet it did. Well, look, seriously, thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on.
1: Oh, any time, Howard. It's, uh, it's been nice to, uh, to share and just so my usual mouth said
0: bollocks <laughs> <laughs> and that was Rob and I there talking bollocks eh see what I did there see what I did anyway um, I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did doing it um, as a top man Rob and um got some amazing artwork he sent me some incredible pictures and um we're going to get those out we're going to get some of those out on socials for you as well so be sure to check them out uh and thanks again to rob for uh coming on the motorcast and if you have got any any stories any any times that you were involved in the motorhead world that you think other people would like to hear then get in touch with me you can find me via social media there's plenty of breadcrumbs out there I'm easy to find um, send me a message tell me a story and who knows we do have fan episodes we can and will get you on if we think those stories are cool enough and I'm sure they will be so get in touch it's your podcast as much as it is anyone's in fact without you guys it doesn't happen so, like I said earlier, please subscribe, please share, and please help us to keep building the Motocast community. Thanks for listening, everybody. Always a pleasure. Really love doing this. Thanks for your support. And I look forward to talking to you again on the next episode of the official Mothead podcast, The Motorcast. I don't show you greed. The only card I need is the ace of spades. The ace of spades.